Welcome back to Cortez in Session. We are back, Nick, after a long two-week hiatus to let you grieve and mourn, as you are doing right now, the loss of your uh, Boston Celtics. Uh, do, you have any, do you have any parting words to your, uh, to your Celtics? Yeah. Um, tough series. Tough watching them lose, go home. Uh, very sad to see it happen. Knew it was going to happen. They look terrible. Um, but with death, there is always a, you know, someone dies, something lives. You know, there, there's always hope yeah. for next year. I sound I gotcha. like the Mets fan that I am. There's always hope for next year. <laughs> um, so I mourn, I mourn this year, but I have strong hopes for next year. Or do you believe in reincarnation? Is there is there a second iteration of the I Celtics do. team? Is there a second iteration of the Celtics they're, they're team that's going to come back next year? There's a hundred percent chance that uh, that the Celtics come back pretty strong next year. Um, mm. I think it's it's important for them to re-sign Gordon Hayward, uh, but I think he's going to be looking for a little bit more money than we're willing to give him. But you think they resign? You think they resign Gordon Hayward? I think they I guess should. that's I guess that's a good place. I guess that's a good place to start. Like we have in, in podcasts past, we can talk about the Boston Celtics and we can go into Denver afterwards and talk about um what they need to do in the offseason. So you're uh I don't know who they're you're Danny Ainge. I was gonna say I don't know who their GM is, but I kind of try to push him to the back of my head because of what he did to the, to the Brooklyn Nets. Um but uh we can we yeah we could you're, you're you're Danny Ainge what what's on the uh, what's on the docket for uh, for for the Boston Celtics next uh, year? The docket is try to resign. You, you try to resign Gordon Hayward to a team friendly contract. Uh, mm-hmm. Hopefully he liked his time there. He liked Brad Stevens. He liked his role. He feels comfortable in the offense. And uh, hopefully we could resign him to a you know a team friendly contract. And I think right after that the Celtics immediately have to go out and try to get a um, rebounding defensive tall big man uh, at the five Daniel Tice does a good job of what he has to do but he's just undersized mm-hmm. when you get out yeah. rebounded you get out played down low by by, by strength toughness um, pure physicality uh, you know it, it's kind of tough to really win as that kind of a basketball team and, you know maybe you try to develop Rob Williams a little bit more give him more of a role next year and see if he can uh, you know blossom into the person the Celtics need him to be but yeah. if not they really, they really got to make moves at the five yeah, I think I think they're hoping that Rob Williams is is kind of what he showed when during his time at Texas Tech, kind of like a a, a really solid rim runner, uh, a good rebounder, a lob threat. Um, and he makes strides on defense. Like he's not, I don't think he's a pushover on defense, but I think you definitely need a a, a five in that situation to to kind of you know, help Daniel Tice. I don't know if Daniel Tice can be the 25, 30 minute guy and Ennis Cantor's not doing it for it in spot starts. I mean, he's going to get beat up. The problem is Ennis Cantor's getting paid next year. Daniel Tice is getting paid next year. Um, so Rob Williams really has to fight for that, for that starting spot. Uh, you talk about Gordon Hayward. He's got a player option, 30, a uh, little over 34 million. I think, I, I don't see why he wouldn't opt into that. I don't oh, think he I, can. Yeah. I, I didn't know they gave him a PO. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's definitely opting in, so we're seeing mm-hmm. him next year. Uh, I guess Celtics got to be smart with their money. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they have they have three first round picks this year, um, two or three, I believe. Uh, so why not try to trade them? You try to acquire some sort of uh, big man, uh, versatile big man who could do it on both sides of the floor, who could really push the Celtics over that, that edge. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't see That's I don't it. see Gordon Hayward opting out of that, right? Especially no, with no, what cause... he's been through. If he didn't if he didn't get an ankle injury and he was supposed to be what he was, you know, signed to be in Boston, then then yeah, I I would say he probably does opt out of it because he's he's thirty. He's uh, maybe gets one more deal if you want to give a 30-year-old that kind of money. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it's going to be a little bit tough. I think this is the team that you might have. I think you might run it back. I think they're, they're absolutely going to run it back. I think they're just um, a development piece or uh, a big man piece away. And I mm-hmm. think as a Celtics fan, I've been saying that ever since we lost Kevin Garnett. Right. Um, you know, we've just been a big man piece away from really making that jump. And this is really this, the, the offseason to do it for Danny. Yeah. What kind of like what kind of big man are you looking for? You mentioned somebody that's like versatile, so I, I imagine well, we that's talk about the we floor. talk about like uh, listen versatility is is big, um, but when you have players like Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Gordon Hayward, who can play you know the two, three, four, um, mm-hmm. who can pretty much stretch the court there. Even even a five that uh, like Clint Capella, Clint Capella, uh, I think would have been a great piece for the Celtics too far. Mm-hmm. I think the asking price was just too high at the time. Um, so just somebody who could play strong defense around the rim. Uh, you know, grab the board and push the, you know, make the right passes when he has to. I think that's really what the Celtics need. And and like we said, Rob Williams has shown uh, flashes of potential in the post. Um, he looks great. And I think the Celtics just have to pour a little bit more into him and maybe they, they don't have to make any moves. Mm-hmm. Rob Williams, if you, if you watch his tape at Texas Tech, or not Texas Tech, uh, I might have said Texas Tech before. I meant Texas A&M. A&M. Um, he's, he's a really good passer. And I feel like that's kind of what this team lost when they let Al Horford, you know, sign in Philly for the monstrosity amount of dollars that he did. A hundred million of those dollars to be precise. Yeah. It really opens up guys like cutting on the back door. Like, like, like Marcus smart is really good backdoor cutter. Uh, Jason Tatum, Jalen, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, both of those guys, you know, it opens up Kemba Walker a little bit more. Um, I, I, I'm excited to see what Robert Williams could do, and I'm not the biggest I'm not the biggest Celtics fan, but I I, I mean watching this dude at Texas A&M, he was throwing lobs to Alex Caruso like during his time there. Not the other well the other he's way nice. around too, but he was throwing lobs to Alex Caruso. He's nice. So it's, it's definitely. It's like I said, it's just a development piece. I think the Celtics are, mm-hmm. um, but I could say that every year for the past three four years. You know, yeah. I'm myself every year, but we'll run it back and we'll be all right. Yeah, and hopefully they can learn how to beat a high school defense because that zone picked them apart. I, I you know, I, I, I like think it's, it's I think tough. Brad Stevens really needs to um, evaluate kind of everything with what he's going to do with his team. Uh, Kemba mm-hmm. Walker is kind of a liability on the defensive side of the ball, which kind of makes it really tough to put him in in those clutch minutes. Um, and that's when again I think another big man is important because you know you play a team. Uh, like when we play, you know, when you play the Heat and Bam out of Iowa is just such a strong, big guy. And he's just throwing around mm-hmm. twice, and you can't switch, you can't do anything like that. You can't play zone. Um, exactly. It just kind of, it just kind of handcuffs you. And it's just, it's not fun to watch. I agree. I agree. I agree. Uh, all right. Can so I guess we can on? move uh, yes, on. To, please, yeah, we're we're please. done. We're done there. We're done there. Uh, we can move on. We're back. Uh, <laughs> we can move on to the other, uh, to the other eliminated team, the uh, the Denver Nuggets, and. Uh, I'll, I'll eat crow. I, I wrote off the Denver Nuggets um, at the beginning of the playoffs, and I'm not I'm not upset it's, it's, that I it's did tough. it. Yeah, you, I can't, I, you can't um, really be too upset about it because they of the came way. back from two three one leads, right? Which like, is pretty, I'm, which is pretty crazy. I'm I'm eighty five percent of the way there. You know what I mean? Like I'm two improbable outcomes away from from being right, mostly. 
um, but I'll leave Crow on it. I was I was wrong. Um, they have some they have some uh, salary stuff that they have to take care of on uh, on their own. So Paul Millsap, thirty five year old, showed flashes, kind of looked crappy. He showed flashes last year. I didn't think he was mm-hmm. really showing too much this year. I think you let him go. Yeah, I mean he's thirty five, so he's gone. Um, and Mason Plumley's gone, also thirty years old. I, I I don't think you bring back Mason Plumley, especially at a cap number of fourteen million. He's and I especially mean, with ball ball in the back pocket. Uh, yeah, yeah, with pull pull in the back pocket. Uh, they also have to bring back Tory Craig, who uh, you kind of let they kind of let Tory Craig just stand in the corner and shoot, and he missed everything. He kind of stuck. Um, but you know he's a valuable wing defender. Like wing defenders are like in the playoff situation. Yeah, he stunk, but like he's gonna make a decent amount of threes if you just leave him alone in the corner. Like he can't leave the guy there, and he's gonna def- and he's a solid defender. But he's twenty nine. He needs to get re signed, um, or he's going to get signed by somebody. Jeremy Grant has a player option. I think he's gonna opt out of that. I think Jeremy Grant can stand to make a, uh, more than the ten million, a little less yeah, than ten million and, and, he's and, making and, now. Exactly, but. I mean, team-wise, as the Denver Nuggets, you see how important um, Jeremy Grant was to their mm-hmm. their offense and their defense. You know, he's someone who was playing with their first team, uh, yep. who would make their second team even better. Uh, and, and I think it's that that's one of their key signings or key um, retentions in the offseason. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I think this team has three keys going forward. It's Jamal Murray, who we can talk about in a second. Nikola Jokic, who I don't think needs any more praise than what we've already given him, what everybody around the NBA has already given him. And Michael Porter Jr., right? So if you look at if you look at what they got, right? It's they got it's Gary Harris making 19 next year, 20 the year after. Will Bart making 13 and then a player option for 14. Um, and then the books are pretty much clean. So, with the exception of Jokic and Murray and and Michael Porter Jr., I, I'm assuming Michael Porter Jr. is slotted into a starting role next season, either at the three or the easily. four. Easily, um, I mean, he gets that development throughout the. I mean, he played such. You know, you play key minutes against a team like the Lakers in the playoffs um, you know, too, and he wasn't playing that much in the regular season. I don't know if that's a Michael Malone decision because he doesn't play defense. But if you you get this guy in in the gym and you get him to work on his footwork, on his defense, and on his rebounding, yeah, this is like the third. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, you're good. I mean, the dude needs to work on the dude needs to work on the little bit of the game, the defense and the rebounding, uh, namely. But this is a, this is a dude that's going to come off the bench and he's going to, or he's going to start and he's going to score. Like he's got no problem getting buckets. And is he going to mm-hmm. get cold a little bit at some point? Probably. But you take that with the 35 point outbreaks that he's that he's capable of. Um, now this is the third what third fourth year in a row the Denver Nuggets have come so close to mm-hmm. making it that you know making yeah the they've distance. taken. Is this a head coach problem? Like, do we think this is a head coach problem? We think this is a front office problem. That's kind of where I draw my eyes to. I mean, I you hate to do that to Malone, um, but is he the reason they can't make that push? I mean, they were down, like we're saying, they're down three-one in in back-to-back series, coming back in back-to-back series, which is unheard of. Um, You know, realistically, you know, you should have lost the first series. Uh, Realistically, Mm -hmm. you should have lost the second series. They mm-hmm. lose the first series to the Jazz down three one. He's probably gone, um, but he right. makes that he makes that comeback, and that's pretty crazy. Um, you know, losing to the Clippers is a little bit different, but you lose four to one. It's now you're really like, eh, should do you think we should do it? Going, you know, winning those two three ones I think gives him a boost. But like in re, re, you know, we're talking realistically here. 
Is mm-hmm. there something better that they could do? And I don't think there's anything better they could do on the floor. Um, with the talent they're putting on the floor, I think it's the other parts of the, the organization that need to be worked on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't fire Mike Malone, personally. Because to me, I mean, he did everything he could do, right? He took down a Clippers team coming back from 3-1, a Clippers team that was projected to at least take the, the Lakers to seven or at least give up a fight, mm-hmm. if not most people's finals um, you know, candidates. But to, I don't think you can fire Mike Malone because I don't know if there's anything better out there. I mean, Doc Rivers probably isn't going to take that job. Ty Lue's not going to take that job. Um, I think Mike Malone might be the uh, Van Gundy might, you could consider mm-hmm. Van Gundy, um, or not Van Gundy, uh, uh, D'Antoni. Um, I, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a better candidate out there. I wouldn't fire Mike Malone. If you go into next year and the expectations aren't there, then yeah, maybe you put him on the hot seat. But I think after what he's doing with Murray and Jokic, I don't think, I don't think there's a better candidate than Mike Malone right now. Yeah. I mean, I have nothing. There's nothing left to say about, like I've said before, mm-hmm. the talent on the, on the court. Um, you know, Jamal Murray kind of ascending into that superstar category after what he's done. You know, putting up 30, 40, 50 points a game. Um, mm-hmm. Jokic being able to run the floor, play both sides, just ridiculous shots. Where when mm-hmm. he's on his back, falling away, and he just shoots a rainbow, and somehow it drops every time. Uh, there, you know, we talk about the now they have these development pieces in Michael Porter Jr. Um, ball, ball. I mean, you have Torrey Craig. Maybe you resign Jeremy Grant, Will Barton. I mean, listen, the team is there. Um, it's just mm-hmm. there's that next jump that they have to make, and I just don't know what they have to do to make that jump. Maybe get out of the West. Maybe just hey, say hey, can I, <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Mister Silver, can I give you three hundred million dollars yeah. to put me in the East? Put me in the East. Yeah. yeah. I think the um, I think the Jamal Murray leap. I think it's real. Um, there's, there's yes, some debate, th- there's some debate on whether or not what we saw in the regular season and what we saw in this bubble environment is, is attainable and, or, or, um, can be duplicated and replicated. I think it could be, I think Jamal Murray, you know, if you want to say, if you want to say like, all right, maybe the passing regresses a little bit because, or not the passing, the, uh, the shooting regresses a little bit because what we've seen, this is like a, it's been dubbed like a shooter's gym and it's like, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. um, but he was making pa- he was making smart passes. He's making ridiculous shots over some of the best defenders in the NBA. He's obviously a leader on this team with him and Jokic. I I, I think I think this jump was real because he had. I mean, the the break is a pseudo off season, right? So another mm-hmm. off season of him doing more work. I think it's right there. Um, and they signed him long term too. I mean, he's locked up till twenty four, twenty five. So yeah, he ain't going anywhere. Yeah, so. That's that's it on there. Uh, we talked about the Clippers a little bit. So let's talk about Doc Rivers, right? So Doc Rivers fired by the Clippers after blowing a three-one lead well, to those. It wasn't Denver a mutual Nuggets. agreement. Whatever you want to call it, he doesn't have a job anymore uh, in LA. Yeah. Uh, would you would you have fired Doc Rivers after that? I mean, yeah. Yeah. You look at he's been with the Clippers for so long. I mean, what are we looking at? Mm-hmm. Like maybe almost 10 years he, he's been coaching with the Clips. Um, mm-hmm. You know, going from that team when they had Lob City and not getting anywhere. Uh, and this is arguably the second, you know, arguably the best team that he's had. And they mm-hmm. just kind of look like shit all playoffs. Um, 
you know, struggling to win games, struggling to score points, struggling to find any sort of offense. Yeah. Um, granted, I mean, you go down Pat Bev and, and Lou Will, whatever, in the beginning of the postseason or in the beginning of the bubble, so you maybe lose some chemistry there. But you have a struggling um, Paul George who mm-hmm. you can't get going. Who, as a Listen, as a head coach, when you see um, that, you know, your second-best offensive player can't get going like that and he needs to get going for you to win the basketball game you got to find out you got to do something get him to the hoop get him to the free throw line um you know do what you can to make him feel comfortable but the whole time every game you're looking at paul george and you know he's just yucking up shop and praying to god that you go in um yeah it's hard. i i know i put some blame on the players because i mean we talk about Kawhi leonard being arguably one of the best players in the league and he just kind of mm-hmm. fell it fell short, fell flat this postseason too. Um, it was it justified to fire Doc Rivers? Yeah, I think they need to get somebody else in there um, with this new regime that they have. Get somebody in there that the players want, um, whether it's Ty Lue or Van Gundy or even Dan Tony. Bill uh, Handy, some, somebody like that. Yeah. Get somebody in there that they like, and then run it back with a younger guy who's fresh, who who you know is going to implement the new system, and mm-hmm. just run with. It. Yeah, um, I think I would have fired Doc Rivers too. And I think, I think there's a myriad of reasons, right? The first obvious one being you couldn't get the job done in the playoffs. They got you uh, a dude that won finals MVP last year, probably the best player in the league last year, couldn't get it done. Mm-hmm. You got him the dude that he wants in Paul George, and whether Paul George didn't do what he was supposed to do, fine. But you also have Lou Will – and Montrez Harrell, two of the best bench players, first and second in six-man-of-the-year voting, right? You also have Pat Bev, who was on and off the court a little bit, and you couldn't get any of those guys, you know, going. I don't think think it's completely Doc Rivers' fault, but that's where I want to bring up the second second point here. With all the coaching, you know, changes going around along the NBA, we hear the rumors every year that Ty Lue is, is the candidate for every coaching job in the NBA, right? So if you're Steve Ballmer, yeah. if you're the owner of the seven, uh, if you're the owner of the, of the Clippers and you're like, man, my top assistant wants a job or is like getting all these job offers from around the league. I want to keep that guy. The guys, you know, Kawhi and Paul George respect this dude. He's, he's had LeBron's ear in the past. He's a proven winner. I don't want to lose that guy. I can afford to lose Doc Rivers because I've mm-hmm. seen what I can get with him for 10 years. Let's see what I can get from Ty Lu. What's the hurt in it? You know, yeah. and so I mean, you also it's, get it's, Tyler who's been riding the bench all year, mm-hmm. seeing what he's got. Who knows if he's mm-hmm. not? You know, he's probably sitting there like making these mental notes. Hey, you yeah, know, sure. I should. We should run this play next year. Hey, um, let me just try to get Paul George. You know, open more. Going, Let's try yeah. to utilize Shamit. Let's try to utilize this. Um, you yeah. get a guy who's familiar with the team, familiar with the atmosphere, familiar with ownership. Mm-hmm. Why not be like, hey, listen. I mean, straight yeah, forward, just be like, hi, we're going to let Doc Rivers go. The mm-hmm. job is yours if you want. Yeah, and I think I think that's gonna I think that's what it's gonna come down to. I think they're gonna do some preliminary like interviews with some other guys, but I think at the end of the day, it's Ty it's Ty Lue's job to lose. Like if he wants it, it's his. If he doesn't mm-hmm. want it, so be it. And mm-hmm. Ty Lue's gonna go around and and you know take the interviews because that's just due diligence, right? Uh, much like Doc Rivers is doing his due diligence, he's supposed to meet with the Philadelphia 76ers uh, to discuss their head coaching vacancy. Um, I can see I, I can see Doc Rivers in Philly. 
uh, it would really hurt to see me go to see him going to Philadelphia, being mm-hmm. you know he, being a Boston guy. Um, I just don't know what he has left in the tank. To be honest with you, as a head coach, I mean, I feel like he's just been so flat. Uh, you know, his teams have been so flat these past 10 years. I mean, he, mm-hmm. like he, like I've said before, he's had all the talent on these teams, but he hasn't been able to do anything with it. Right. Um, so then he'd be going to another situation where he has two top 10 players, two top 15 players, and Embiid and Simmons. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's going to go into a familiar – go, it's going to be like the same thing, but with two different guys. And I, I yeah. But yeah. I think whoever goes into Philly is going to have a tough time in general working with the front office. Um, working with what they have, in, you know, in their cap room and stuff like that. Um, so I think the Philly job is a little different than a lot of other teams. Um, yeah. But I think Doc. I mean, Doc is is a good guy to go there as a veteran uh, who's level headed, who knows how to get the most out of his players. I believe um, he knows how to work it with big men. Listen, Doc's just a nice guy. I love that guy a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I give him a lot of credit for hanging around this long. Um, yeah. His hair is also really weird too. He has like no hair, <laughs> but he always has a straight line across. Yeah, I got you. Uh, he's always least, cut up nice. He's always cut up. He's nice. always he's he's always he's always uh, uh he's always easiest, It's guy. probably the easiest job for the barber to do because you know he doesn't have to do that much <laughs> up here. But he's just got to kind of kind of straighten that out a little bit. Uh, what would you do if you were Doc Rivers? Uh, listen, he says he wants to keep coaching. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I say why not? Why not just? even all these head coaches, why not just keep coaching until like you don't get a job anymore? Like, why not? Mm -hmm. I mean, again, it depends what offers he gets and who, who, uh, you know, wants to take him in and and interview him. But like, I mean, if Phil is the only job offer you're going to get, why not take it? You know, maybe Houston offers you a job. Why not take it? Mm -hmm. You know, even OKC, they offer you, it don't matter. I think if you're any kind of head coach like that, you're, you know, you want to be interviewed and you just want to take whatever you can get because who knows when your Mm -hmm. career's gone. Let me, let me, let me play devil's advocate here. Cause you want to, if you were doc rivers, you would take a job with Philly and I don't disagree with you, but there's been a lot of not rumors or speculation, but a kind of like, I guess, conversation points that he should maybe take a couple of years off that the jobs are going to be mm-hmm. there anyways, you know, not maybe not necessarily the jobs that are there now, but you know, there are going to be jobs. There's always going to be a head coaching job in the future. So why not take the year off? Right evaluate what you've done in the past, which has been very successful, what he's done with the Clippers, what he's done with Boston, what he's done with Orlando, even before that, uh, evaluate what still works in this NBA, remove what doesn't work in this NBA, and maybe take a TV job or something or a consultant role perhaps Mm -hmm. and monitor what's going on around the league, see what's working and try to incorporate that in what you do well. You know, and maybe, you know, maybe, maybe that's not Doc Rivers. It's not a bad idea. No, it's not a bad idea. I think, I think that's what I would do. Cause you're very, I mean, he's going to get a job this year if he wants it. That's, that's, Uh that's just the, the way it's going to go. But I I mean, it's very obvious that some things that he does just doesn't work. So if you want to take a year or two off and evaluate what you do well and what you don't do well, then, then, then I'm, I'm all for it. You know, like yeah, I, mean, I don't listen, think anybody like would before, knock him for it. There's always going to be vacancies. Um, mm-hmm. It's not like he's going to be if he takes a year off. There's not going to be a shock for him to get some get somewhere mm-hmm. next year. Or someone's not going to get fired mid year next year. I mean, yeah. who's even coaching? Who's coaching for the Washington Wizards? I mean, who knows if they're going to be out next year? It's Scotty um, Brooks, yeah, and then is Scott I mean, Brooks you, gone next year? Yeah. You just look at teams that are already on the fringe, and you know mm-hmm. maybe, like you said, you take a seat back, you do some analytics, you just kind of enjoy yourself, maybe. Uh, 
you know, to just recharge your batteries. And he's been coaching sabbatical. so long. Call yeah, it sabbatical. Well, listen, <laughs> all those technical words. A basketball uh, sabbatical. Might, might as word, well. Nice play on words there. Um, all right. So I guess, I guess the, the next thing that we can get into is the, uh, the NBA finals, which is a pretty big deal in our, yeah. uh, in our sphere. I think um, it is. I would, I would say so. Yeah. So we have the number one seed Los Angeles Lakers going against the number five seed Miami heat. Um, I guess let's, let's start with the heat, right? They are kind of surprising everybody. The fact that they're here, right? I mean, yeah, but it, not yes and no, because it was funny. Prior to the bubble season, all, you know, everyone's picking Miami as a team um, that had, you know, massive, massive, massive sleeper potential. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they showed it all playoffs. You know, you, you look at this team and they're shooting, they're defending. Um, I've not, I mean, the camaraderie and the chemistry with this team is just crazy. Uh, I guess they're kind of playing at home being in Orlando, even though it's the same, it's the same state, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I mean, I think this matchup between the Lakers and the Heat, it's going to be a decent matchup. Um, I mean, I still think the Lakers are by far the better team than, than the Miami Heat, but you look at, you know, who's hot and who's not as hot, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, you know, Miami Heat are coming off less rest days. Break Lakers might be a little rusty. Um I mean, I could, uh, we could talk a little bit about game one a little bit later if you want. Um, mm-hmm. But listen, Miami's young. You're looking at, at, at LeBron, who's been in the league, you know, I, it's, what, 15, 15 years? Um, yeah. And he's just – he's locked in. He's focused. He's ready to take – he wants to win this one so bad. I don't think he's losing this one at all. No, I think he's looking at the dude's – on Miami and we can take this, we can take this, I guess, like position by position and player by player. Um, I think he's looking at this Miami roster and like offensively they're there and defensively as a team, they're there. I just think there's individual matchups for them to pick on um, that ultimately benefit the, 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 the Lakers. Cause at the end of the day, I mean, you're covering, okay. You can cover LeBron with some combination of Jay Crowder, Jimmy Butler, and Andre Iguodala, right? You could try to. You could try to. You could try to. And you're going to slow him down. You're not going to stop him, right? But Anthony Davis, you're going against Bam Adebayo almost exclusively probably. And I don't even think they're going to put Bam Adebayo on, on uh, AD early in the game because you don't want Bam Adebayo to be in foul trouble late in the game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that opens up – Or you know, Kelly Olynyk hasn't really played in the playoffs. He's played 12 games in the playoffs. Um there's there's been no Myers Leonard there's it's just a little tough I mean you're not gonna put Duncan Robinson on him so I think they're gonna be hunting mismatches here uh let me give you some some stats on some dudes here uh for the Miami Heat so Goran Dragic is their leading scorer at 20 points a game followed closely by Jimmy Butler also at 20 it's 0.7 versus 0.9 um Duncan Robinson shooting 40% from three. Tyler Hero, who's on fire, is shooting 38% from three. And now Jimmy Butler is even shooting 37% from three on two attempts a game. Uh, Goran Dragic is at 36% from three. And Andre Iguodala is shooting 35% from three. But I think that's do kind you, of healthy because the fact that he went like six for six. Do you think the Heat are going to cool down? Like, this is what I'm thinking is, is I think they come into this game one red hot. Um, I do mm-hmm. think they win game one or at least make it ridiculously close where everyone's going to sit back and be like, wait, 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 wait. Lakers mm-hmm. might not win this as easy as we think. Um, game one, LeBron is 
one and eight in his game one finals in uh, in, in his career. The only game mm-hmm. that he won was against the 2011 uh, Dallas Mavericks. Now, granted, he most of those game ones come against the Golden State Warriors, um, but you already you look at that. Uh, you look at the rest difference on both of these teams. Um, I mean, I, I can see the Heat taking game one, but I don't think it's going to really matter after that. Um, I mean, we've talked about the way the, the Heat plays zone defense. And, well, I mean, the zone mm-hmm. defense worked against the Celtics. Um, you know, if they decide to go play the zone, the Lakers' attention is going to have to turn to the outside shot. And, I mean, Danny Green can get hot at any moment. Um, you know, KCP is actually 15, 15 for 31 from three-point over the past 17 uh, – or, I'm sorry, yeah. over the past 17. Um, so they have these players that can do it. Uh, you know, a playoff Rondo is wheel. Uh, Dwight Howard has turned back the clock. Uh, Anthony Davis is at, you know, averaged 30 points per game at Denver Nuggets. Uh, mm-hmm. LeBron James is averaging 25, 10 assists, and almost eight rebounds a game. Um, the Lakers, I think, are just overall a better team than the Heat are. And I do think the Lakers win this series, whether it's six or seven games. I can just see um, uh, Miami taking the first one. Mm-hmm. I think – all right. So let's let's talk about the Lakers real quick, and then we can talk about game one in this series in general. Um, so the Lakers, obviously led by Anthony Davis and LeBron James, 26 and 25. Then they're scoring cuts in half, and it's Kyle Kuzma. Oh, that's regular season. Hold on. Let me get playoffs. Rewind. Although I don't know if you want Kyle Kuzma to be your third leading scorer in the playoffs either, but that's that's <laughs> fine. Um, oh no, it's still Kyle Kuzma. Okay, so Anthony Davis just under twenty nine points a game, uh, LeBron James just under twenty seven, and then it's Kyle Kuzma at ten. Right. So they mm-hmm. have my my concern with this team is if you're Anthony Davis and you're LeBron James, I don't think this matchup scares you at all right like no. obviously bam bam Adebayo is first team all defense right and probably was in some sort of conversation for defensive player of the year right and he's great but like i said earlier i don't know if miami's going to put him on anthony davis early in the game because you don't want him on foul trouble so you put so that means dwight howard or javel mcgee is going to have to get out here um and i i like dwight howard more than i like javel mcgee and that might be i don't know if that's hot take or not um, uh, I think it's personal. It's personal preference, right? But what I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start the Hall of Famer over Javale McGee. Um, I would do that. Yes, I, I think. I, I think. I think physically, Dwight Howard might have a little more than Javale McGee to 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 try to stumble up. Um, um, Bam Adebayo, right? But if you're if you're LeBron James, you're kind of looking around and you're like, man, Kentavious Caldwell Pope. Is he going to hit shots? Is Rondo going to continue to hit shots? Is Danny Green well, he's going to pass to these players like they're going to hit their shots? Yeah, and I guess and you know I, you, they're going you look... to be open, and it's just a matter of whether or not you trust Contavious Caldwell Pope, Rajon Rondo, Danny Green, uh, and Kyle Kuzma, Caruso, and, and Markeith Morris to to hit three pointers. You know, I think that's what this is going to come down to because LeBron James and Anthony Davis are going to get to the hoop and they're going to put up two points as many times as they want. Right? Yeah. I don't think well, that's an issue. Yes. I, I, my thing is these role players, are, I think we're going to see so many open shots um, throughout the game because, like you said, you're going to get LeBron driving to the hoop. You're going to run a nice pick and roll with him, Anthony Davis. It's going to be him and him and AAD all game. Um, you're going to get Danny Green sitting in the corner open more often than not. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Rondo's going to hit these threes when you don't expect him to, and it's going to crush him. Playoff uh, Rondo. It's real. Playoff uh, Rondo is real. Playoff Rondo is real, and if he makes plays like he keeps making, the Lakers are not going to lose. Um, Rondo might be the second smartest player on the court behind LeBron James. Oh, 100%. I, I stand by LeBron 100%. James being the smartest player in the NBA. Uh, Rajon Rondo might be second, and Jimmy Butler might be third. Um, but it, it's it's just strange. Like looking at like, I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick the Lakers to win this series because mm-hmm. I don't want to bet against LeBron James, right? But I'm looking at the role players, and they scare me to death. And I'm looking at the Heat and, and role I've, players. See, my, role my, players are stars there, and it, it's mm-hmm. they're well, they're my, good. My, my thing is, I've been nervous about the Lakers role players pretty much all uh, all playoffs. You know, this whole mm-hmm. bubble. I've always been like, listen, uh, I don't know what we're gonna get or what the Lakers are gonna get from these role players, but time and time again, they've been enough. For these Lakers to win the game, the Lakers have played these teams that are, I think, better than the Heat are. Like, uh, I mean, granted, the Rockets or whatever. I mean, the Rockets, I think, have more talent, especially scoring-wise, uh, mm-hmm. than the Miami Heat do. Um, and, and even the Denver Nuggets, I think, have more firepower than the Heat do. So, if if these role players can keep it up and do mm-hmm. just enough, the 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 most more capable guys of going off uh, going off for more than 20 points. I mean, you look at a bio hero, uh, Robinson, Dragic, Butler, those guys can easily go off for over 20 points. Um, mm-hmm. I just have such a hard time picking against LeBron James in there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm in the series. I'm in the exact so same, I'm in the, exact, yeah. I'm in the exact same boat as you. So that's yeah. why I kind of want to take it. I kind of want to take it kind of like, position by position so i guess we can start we can start with the head coaches would you rather you you probably have eric spolstra over frank vogel right correct correct okay and then i guess we'll take it from the point guard spot caruso and rondo for the lakers or drogic and and probably kendrick Kendrick nunn i would rather i i really don't like kendrick nunn um, I don't like his skill set. I don't think he's going to prove that he's a scoring point a guard. difference maker in the basketball game. I would rather have Rondo and Caruso more so siding on the Rondo side. You'd you'd rather have Rondo Rondo and Caruso? Yes. So what is what is the what is the difference maker there? Just the fact that you know what Rondo's going to Ron, do. Rondo's playmaking. Rondo. I think Rondo's okay. playmaking. I think Caruso's athletic ability, or at least capabilities of being a decent role player, um, mm-hmm. and who can produce for you when he needs to. My thing is Kendrick Nunn. I just don't think can produce when you need him to. Goran Dragic, absolutely. I mean, we're talking about him putting up twenty points a game, um, but I just don't think that the point guard play is there. You know, front and back for the the Miami Heat as well as it is for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to take Goran Dragic and Kendrick Nunn, right? I'm going to take Goran Dragic because he was, I mean, he was my pick for six man of the year, right? And he was, and he, he's solid, right? He's kind of found his, he was, it was, he's, an, he's been an all-star before. He's kind of refound that form. Um, and he's playing just about as hot as anybody in this bubble, right? So I'm going to take Goran Dragic on a recency kind of bias. Um, 
and I'm going to take Kendrick Nunn because I don't know how I don't know how long he plays in this series. If they need, I, I think he might get like 12 minutes or something like that, and it's going to be like, hey man, just go score, just go get us a bucket because that's what he does best. <laughs> he's he's a liability on defense, which is fine. He's a rookie; it's understandable. Um, but um, yeah, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take Goran Dragic just for the firepower. Uh, moving on to the shooting guard spot or the two guard spot, we got. Uh, ooh, I don't like the way basketball reference. I don't like the way basketball reference lists this. It has Andre Iguodala oh as a shooting guard. And... <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if Andre Iguodala is a shooting guard, but that's okay. So I'll I'll say I'll say Tyler Hero, Jay Crowder, and Jimmy Butler for the Heat, or Danny Green and Contavious Caldwell Pope. Oh, I mean, I think that one's an easy pick. I think it's, I think it's fairly obvious as well. Um, I, I don't even think there's, there, there's really no debate for that one. Yeah, I, yeah, no, not at all. Uh, getting into the, uh, the small forward position for the Lakers, they only have Jared Dudley listed as a small forward. Uh, so I'm going to ignore that. Um, and I'm just going to group mm-hmm. everybody into a forward group here. So we have yes, Markeith Morris, Kyle Kuzma, LeBron, Anthony Davis versus – in a, in a in a matchup here with uh, Duncan Robinson, Jay Crowder, Solomon Hill, <laughs> Derek Jones Jr. It's it's it it's a little weird. Yeah, no, it no. I mean, flow I, I, as well. I know, I know, but but you look at both of these, yeah, those sides, and you're looking at arguably two top five players in the league with with LeBron and Anthony Davis mm-hmm. against other people. Yeah. And then, I mean, you look at the centers and it's Myers Leonard and Kelly Olenek who really don't play versus uh, JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard who only play when they absolutely have to. But um, Dwight's been really – and, and Bam Adebayo. Bam Adebayo as a center. I'm going to call Bam Adebayo a center. They call him a power forward. He's a center. Dwight's um, been good. He has been good. He's been, he's been active, right? If you get him and he's involved and he enjoys what he's doing, like – and I think he understands at this point of his career, like – I need to win a ring and LeBron James is going to beat me into submission if I don't do what I'm asked to do. So I'm or not maybe more be... like this is my last chance to probably win a ring unless this team resigns me. Probably, probably, probably. Yeah. I, I, and I think he understands it that uh, at this point in his career. Um, so his job is to stand there and just go like this. Play defense, play defense. Um, Overall, listen, I, I still think that, the Lakers have the better team, and I think it's strictly just because LeBron James and, and they had it's LeBron mm-hmm. Anthony Davis. Um, you know, we've talked about how I've talked about how locked in those two players are. And when, when your top two players are not only top five players in the league, but they're locked in the way they are. Mm-hmm. And when LeBron goes into playoff mode, it's like it's something that I've never seen before. I mean, you know, two years ago when he was on the Cavs, um, I remember they were. I, I, I forgot who they were playing. They might have been playing Toronto at home, and he hit that, that last-second shot where he was running towards the baseline, just fl- floated it up with his hands, mm. um, with one hand, mm-hmm. with his right hand. Mm-hmm. I I remember watching it, and I was just – I mean, I've never been more blown in, in my entire life. So, playoff Rondo is real. Playoff LeBron mm-hmm. is real. Um, you know, a, a relaxed Anthony Davis who doesn't have the pressure on his shoulders is real. Yeah. Uh, Danny Green – can easily hit these corner threes, which I think he will eventually. Again, I think they start off slow in this first game. Um, Lakers are minus four and a half. 
I already I have already put it in Ooh. for I've already put it in for uh, the Heat plus four and a half because um, I really think the Heat are going to win this game uh, or at least keep it really really close. Uh, but I think after the Lakers understand what they're up against, I just think it's a runaway. Yeah, I think I think Miami can score with them. I think they can keep up. I, I agree with you there. I think all – I'm going to go Lakers in six, right? Because I think for six games, the Miami Heat can keep up scoring and probably catch all those other dudes on the Lakers on a bad night when they have mm-hmm. good nights. Um. But at the end of the day, I, I like I said, I can't I can't bet against LeBron. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna no. sit here and, and tell you LeBron isn't gonna isn't gonna score. You know. No, and, um, and I think Lakers in six is a good call. I mean, I look at Miami taking the first game. I could see the Lakers winning the next three, one, two, three, just go right back at them. Um, I could see the Heat taking one more one game back, and then LeBron just finishing them all, uh, finishing them off. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's I I don't know what else needs to be said about this series. I'm glad I'm glad this is the series that we got, um, because it's interesting to see what the Heat have done. You know, this entire season they were a five seed. They missed the playoffs last year. The Lakers missed the playoffs last year too, but they probably would have made the playoffs if LeBron was healthy for the entire season. So I'm just gonna, you know, assume that in in a perfect world, Lakers would have mm-hmm. also been in the playoffs. Um, but. No fifth seed yeah, has ever won the NBA Finals either. I mean, I hate to – you hate to play in a history like that, mm-hmm. but I think in a game, you know, in such an important championship game, you know, I think that does prove worthy, like a worthy yeah. stat to throw out there. Yeah. If you liked what you heard, you can – whoops, my mic fell again. You can leave a review on Spotify, on, yes, you, yes, you Apple, on, uh, on Apple Podcasts. You can uh, – comment you let us know what you think you could do and, that too uh, that's I'll no problem see you, uh, i'll see you next time you Peace. will I'll, I'll be here